It's time to put your flannel pyjamas back on <laughs> and strap on the Monday air guitar because on this day in 1990, Eddie Vedder flies to his home from in San Diego to Seattle where he meets his Pearl Jam bandmates for the first time they start recording this, including this anthem here. Uh, I played this for you, Lana, because th- this is what... This is this is this is all you, isn't it? This is what you play all day, isn't it? Oh yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, uh, everyone. In- <laughs> That's that one song. I never quite know what he says when it. But you sort of just do it and hope no one asks any questions. But what a band, well. eh, Pearl Jam? My exactly. Gosh. I know what a that's that's a banger, isn't it? It's such an anthem. What, what do you think, Helen? Did I did I choose the right song for today? <laughs> well, when, given that it's John Lennon's birthday, I think you probably could have done better, Wallace. I'd oh, have to say. Opportunity. Yeah, okay. big, big missed opportunity. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, whoops. That's Apologising to my producer right now. It's not a terrible song, but, yeah. you know. But th- there's better. Pearl Jam on John Lennon's birthday. Yeah. Could have done better. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, can I just ask you, though, um, because we've got a big response regarding uh, phobias. Uh, Wallace, my phobia is foam rubber and heels rubbing on the carpet. Uh, my phobia is helicopters, in particular the rotor blades. My fear is they'll take my eyes out. Ooh. I can't look at them, whether on a film or in real life. I've got to avert my eyes. Oh, my goodness. Um, another one here is, Stephen, I have a phobia of prime numbers yep. on the wow. volume control. So I avoid numbers 17, 19, and 23 been, in favour of even numbers, 21 and 25. Been I've been in a car with someone like that. It's so frustrating when you turn the music up. Because they they sort of put their hand over your shoulder and put it back to the number that they're happy with. They can't relax in the car. This is extraordinary. Could never have been in Spinal Tap. You've got no. No, up to eleven. <laughs> up to eleven, indeed. You have a phobia. Yeah. I've got a phobia. This is, this is weird. It sounds dumb, but I'm probably got a phobia of fear itself. I had a couple of panic attacks years ago, and I'm just scared, senseless that I'll have them again. And I just, ugh, I just live in fear. Horrible. Awful. Horrible. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, you live in fear, and that's it. Pretty much, yeah. I live in fear of having of panic fear. attacks again. Yeah. yeah, fear of fear itself. Yeah, phobophobia, I think Good they call Lord. it. Lana, uh, my, <laughs> mine is a constant fear of the end of an escalator. Ooh, because no yeah. matter how old I am, I just am still not sure about the timing. And I once saw somebody's pants get stuck in the bottom, <laughs> and. And it wasn't <laughs> – it was years ago and it was at a farmer's store and I think it was Tauranga or Hamilton and, the, whole, and the, the entire set of pants came down. And I've always thought that could easily, that could easily be me. <laughs> and so now I'm just – if I could avoid it and just take the stairs, I, I honestly will. Well, don't wear um, pants on an elevator, Lana. Or don't easy. wear pants. You're, you're so right. Escalator, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. Uh, could I have Sorted. chosen the perfect panellist? Um, <laughs> a, a, a phobia of fear, fear itself – and a person who <laughs> thinks they're going to get stuck in a escalator, in an escalator. Yeah. every time. Yeah. The panel yeah. RNZ National, uh, there are more here. Jude says, I have a fear of inflated balloons. Uh, to this, it's been the topic of the election, hasn't it? The cost of living. The real outcomes of the tough cost of living we've been facing are that businesses are going under. And if you're a business owner, what would you like to see out of this election? Text me, 2101, because... Get this. Liquidation of Kiwi businesses, it's up 37% from this time last year. With us is Centrix Managing Director Keith 
McLaughlin. Kia ora, Keith. Good okay, so these numbers, uh, Keith, uh, out recently, a 37% increase in liquidation overall, 70% in the retail trade sector. That does sound pretty massive. How do they compare to past years? Well, I think what we found was during the 2021-2022 year, there were very few liquidations because everything sort of went into a hiatus. Um, and the Inland Revenue Department, who are the primary liquidator of companies, um, held back on some of that action. So we have come off a low, uh, unusually low level of liquidations into what now is trending quite strongly to, to a high level. I mean, the other side of these numbers is people, right, who have poured their mm-hmm. time, their energy into these businesses, people possibly out of jobs. I know of a couple of small businesses who've, you know, startups, if you like, they are finding the current trading quite hard. I mean, what are you hearing from businesses? Well, I think there's, there's a, a dual economy out there. There's people who are less impacted by the cost of living and the increase in interest rates who are still spending money but are quite discretionary as to how they spend it, like going on overseas trips and things like that. But a large sector of the economy are keeping wallets in their pockets because they really just have no no spare cash to spend on, on non-essential items. And what we've seen with consumers is things like retail energy accounts have gone more so into arrears than ever. And that's an essential bill that everybody has every month. And if they can't pay that, they're really yeah. starting to show signs of struggling. So businesses aren't getting cash flows through the front door that they need to survive. And cash flow's key, huh? It is, it is key. I mean, you know, you quite rightly point out it's particularly the small to medium-sized businesses who don't have access to finance, who may have their houses mortgaged to, to run their businesses, have survived COVID, but are now finding that there's just no cash flow coming in the front door. They are the ones that are really facing the, the, the bleak future, really. What do you think, Lana? In this, I mean, you might know people, colleagues yeah. or friends who've got a you know, small yeah. business or two and uh, finding, uh, I mean, finding things a bit, uh, a bit tricky. It's, it's tough, isn't it? Because even as a consumer, you want to be supporting those businesses that you know are those startups. And, you know, but when, when, you, when you find out afterwards, I think that's heartbreaking, particularly as a consumer, because almost if you knew they were going through the struggle, you'd sort of be there. But that's not enough, really, is it? That sort of the, the sorrow vote with the dollar. It's, it's not enough to keep a lot of them up off the ground, mm. is it? No, I think a lot of people are now working from home and therefore particularly the CBD businesses are suffering because they don't have the cash flow coming through there. Um, people are shopping locally, which hopefully will, will support the local businesses, but yeah. those in, in, the, in the towns and the cities are the ones that are really struggling. Yeah, I mean, you know, small businesses are the lifeblood of the country. That's what keeps the country running. And um, we need to be out there supporting them. And as you say, Keith, I mean, you know, people are out there, they're mortgaged to the hilt and, um, you know, they've put absolutely everything into this. And to have these things failing, I mean, it must be absolutely gut-wrenching for these poor people. Um, My nephew, uh, he's got a restaurant in Auckland and um, he said that, yeah, certainly over the past couple of months, just things have been a little bit lighter than they normally have been and mm. you know his his sort of theory is that you know everyone's just waiting till the election and just seeing which way that's going to go and then hopefully things will pick up after that but um you know if you're running a small business out there you you have my support my sympathy everything i'm i'm extraordinarily lucky working in the public sector 
do we think this will affect people wanting to start up? How much of an effect do you think that's going to have on people thinking about taking the leap? Well, I think people will think twice about that now. Um, you know, if you see the businesses and you go down the street and half the shops are open, uh, are vacant, then you do stop and think whether you're going to actually enter into the into an industry. Mm. But I think on the positive side, we're starting to see credit demand, consumer credit demand, start to pick up, which is a sort of a seasonal thing when it comes into September, October. Um, people are starting to spend a little bit more, a little bit more consumer confidence, and hopefully that may translate a little bit into cash flow coming into the businesses. As we lead up to things like Black Friday and, and pre-Christmas spending, there just may be a little bit of encouragement for people to get through the, through the Christmas period and then revisit things in January, which yeah. is traditionally a difficult time, January, February. But you know, if we can get through the Christmas and, uh, and get some money in the bank over that period of time, businesses may be able to survive through you know, the start of the next year. Right. And other news, just before you go, Keith, I understand in, uh, in a different type of uh uh, or piece of information out of the report that buy now, pay later, which has been a big topic in media, including on RNZ, that's been trending down. Yes, the areas that have been trending down there, and I think that again comes down to um, discretionary spending. If people know that they're struggling to, to meet their essential spending, then they're less inclined to go out and, you know, and buy now, pay later has really been a, a retail tool. Um, people would hold off buying new jeans or things that they would traditionally put on lay-by, and, and therefore the arrears have been dropping here. And the volumes are about steady, but those who are at risk haven't been buying things on buy now, pay later. And you see the reverse of that with the retail energy where the arrears are going up there. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's the essential spending versus the discretionary spending. Good on you, Keith. Thanks for being with us. That's Centrix Managing Director Keith McLaughlin there looking at um, uh, the business uh, sector ahead of, uh, of the election and uh, that uh, that uh, figure there, liquidation of New Zealand businesses up 37% from this time uh, last year. And look, I do apologise for the quality of that phone line today. Uh, with us is Professor Alan Blackman, a professor of chemistry. We have broadcaster Lana Searle joining us and just such a wonderful wonderful response around your phobias. I, I, I have a phobia, says Joanna, in New Plymouth, of goldfish on carpet. Ooh. Wow, that um, is specific. Yeah, is. Uh, very specific. <clears throat> and another one that's very specific here. I never thought I had a phobia until I heard that track from Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, okay, well, <laughs> Well, you won't have a phobia of honest listeners, Wallace, and that's uh, the main thing. No, no, I'm used to it. Don't you worry about that, Lana Searle. Um, oh, but beautiful. okay, so you don't like the Pearl Jam? Well, I, well I, Lana and I did. Yeah, yeah we'll, um, we'll, we'll rock out together. That's okay. <laughs> Now, halfway through your flight, the seatbelt signs light up. The pilot crackles over the loudspeaker. We're about to experience some turbulence. Your stomach suddenly drops. Your tea slops out of the paper cup. You're, if you're in Kuro Hour, it goes everywhere. Your cheese and your cracker go to the next person. <laughs> Not a good time for most. Terrifying for some. The flight route with the most turbulence is New Zealand. in New Zealand is, get this, Auckland, to Wellington with us and someone who knows all about this because he's often the pilot seat, the cockpit. Vaughan Davis. Kia ora, Vaughan. Kia ora, Kato. How are you doing? Very well, Vaughan. Have you flown this route before? I've flown that route many times, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, flew, I flew a chunk of it just last week, but I stopped at fielding. So a close second doesn't include 
Alwindes City. Auckland, it's Christchurch. What's the question, Wiles? It, uh, it doesn't include, close second doesn't include our Oh, I see, yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the, re, the reason that, that second place route might uh, be in there is because the entire South Island is notorious for uh, wave turbulence, which mm. is turbulence downwind of the Southern Alps. I mean, as you know, um, you know, it's a predominant westerly wind across the Tasman. It hits the Southern Alps, up it goes, and down it comes. And if you're in the downward bit, um, <laughs> hold on to your cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was fascinated by this liner because I did that um, Auckland Wellington and back uh, route uh, every week for many many years. Yeah, right. Uh, and there were a couple of moments going into Wellington. Uh, I, you know, grabbed the hand of my co-host and colleague Damien Christie, and he said, "Let go of me. There's nothing to fear, Wallace Chapman." <laughs> Uh, it is. It is a. And that, but they call it also on the South Island that 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 nor'wester or the west. They call yeah. it a, a, a spirited westerly. And I've seen that. I'm actually an avid plane geek, and you can find me on the edge of Christchurch Airport quite often in my vehicle eating KFC, but yeah. watching. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, listening it's to Pearl so Jack. notorious that um, Christchurch is one of the few major airports in the country which has a, a shorter runway yes. facing into the westerly yep. just for that. Yep. Um, the, the other one's Napier, same, same thing, same westerly. Mm. Yeah, no, I've landed on that one in Christchurch a couple of times when they got the Norwester going, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's mm. exciting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spirited. <laughs> so what, what, do you have a question for uh, Vaughan? Um, um, yeah, so this where they got the uh, data from, this website called turbly.com, which I thoroughly recommend you have a look up. It's fascinating. But mm. they actually, in terms of overall turbulence, they rank Auckland Airport as being worse than Wellington, which surprised me. Yeah, yeah, that surprised me a little bit too. Mm. And I think the reason that might be is because we get a lot of, you know, if you were in Tamaki Makoto yesterday, you would have seen the big thunderstorm-looking clouds, mm-hmm. and they are very turbulent. So the, yeah. the two types of turbulence you basically get are mechanical, so the wind is blowing over a bunch of hills, which is your Wellington turbulence or your South Island turbulence, yeah. or convective, which is your thunderstormy stuff that you tend to get in the upper part of the North Island. And I guess it's just, um, huh. you know, the conditions for that convective of turbulence is, is more common than the uh, than the South Island mechanical, so that's oh, how we got our rating. Go Auckland. I've always wanted to ask, and this is from passenger to pilot Vaughan. Um, <laughs> do do you get scared by turbulence? A good question. No, not really. Um, I mean, aeroplanes are massively overbuilt. You know, um, they're, they're built to withstand an awful lot of force, and that's you know, measured mm. in g. Um, you know, your average passenger airline is, is rated for about three and a half G. My little aerobatic airplane is rated for about six. And, and turbulence is hardly ever going to take you anywhere near that. So, no, I don't get scared. Do you see it coming, Vaughan, yeah. out, out the front? I mean, can you sort of brace yes, yourself you and everything? Yes, you can. And that's the thing. When I'm flying people around, you know, and, and you you can see which way the, the wind's blowing and, you know, you can see a hill up there. You can tell a, tell a passenger, you know, in about a minute, <laughs> in about a minute, seriously, yeah. we're going to feel yeah. some bumps. And they go, really? And then in about a minute, boom, 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 boom they feel the bumps. <laughs> uh, it's, very, it's usually, usually very predictable uh, okay. at, at lower altitudes. The thunderstorm stuff, very predictable. You can see it on radar. Yes. And sometimes you just can't avoid it, you know, the, the, to get the airplanes into Auckland. You've got to go certain ways. Yep. Uh, but usually very predictable, okay, so yes. Is there a moment that you can recall off the top of your head where you experienced turbulence and you thought, uh-oh, 
This is oh, a couple, and actually both of them were near Wellington. I, I mean, I've flown around uh, many parts of the world in my former career in the Air Force, but my standout turbulent moments are in Wellington, departing to the north at night, flying a, a good old thing called a Fokker Friendship. Oh, God. So mm. turbulent in that northerly, we couldn't, we could not read the flight instruments for about a minute, and that that memory stuck with me. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and the second was was trying to sneak around the bottom of that uh, into the Wairarapa, so coming up from. Uh, Kaikoura up the coast and coming around the corner there mm. in a norwesterly. And I could see the water spouts beginning to, ve- to develop on <laughs> the uh, on the water. I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So I did up my seatbelt and uh, sort of let go of everything and just let the aeroplane find its way through. You don't want to fight these things. You've got to, you've got to, go, you've got to have uh, the soft hand, the soft hand of the controls. The soft hand of the controls. Well, it seems to be that people are quite interested. In, uh, I feel a new panel um, segment coming on. Let's ask the pilot. That's a great, that's a great segment. That is brilliant. Yes. Pilot, flight, yeah. flight deck confidential. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. Love <laughs> um, because there's one here. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it. And I'm not gonna ask Ooh. him. But one person Ooh. says here, ask him if we really have to turn our phone off, Wallace. So maybe we can have a Nick in two weeks' time. Can I get you back for flight deck confidential? <laughs> Well, Wallace, I've, I've offered this to you more than once. Come <laughs> flying in my aeroplane, bring your video, your uh, audio recorder, and we'll and we'll okay. have that discussion at three thousand feet, upside down, if you like. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, Wallace, and I'll be do sitting. It. I'll sit at the hey, airport and eat KFC I? and watch. Should I do it upside down? You um, should do it. Yeah, come on, listeners. Come on. Come on, let's vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should yeah. I do it? Do you want me to do it? Hey, if you, can, I, can I give a little plug for something, Wallace, sure. since I've been so nice to you? Yeah. If, uh, if you want to see the Upside Downies and you're in uh, Fitianga over Labor Weekend, we're doing a free air show uh, at the beach, 10 a.m. to midday on oh, the wow. Sunday. So get down there. Good on you, Vaughan. Awesome. Hey, always good to have you on. Kia ora. That's uh, Vaughan Davis there, pilot. Yeah. Uh, another one here. My fear or phobia is furry fruit. I cannot touch them and even cringe at the thought. If you just um, uh, tuned in, we have been talking about what's your phobia this afternoon. And you can email me, the panel at rnz.co.nz, and we'll get a phobia expert on later in the week to uh, tell you how you can combat Mm. the many phobias that we've heard this afternoon. But finally, and I thought this was worth giving it a bit of sunlight, what happens to that once much-loved used car seat, those boosters, the car kit, the car capsule. Chuck them, of course. No, but wait, they can get a second lease on life. Over the past two weekends, Western Bay of Plenty District Council and Seat Smart have been offering the chance to drop off old car seats to be recycled for free at Tepuki and Katikati Recycling Centres. And the response... Just fantastic. With us is three uh, group programs man- marketing manager, Kerry Spears. They run SeatSmart. They're behind this. Kia ora, Kerry. Kia ora, Wallace. I wasn't aware of the scale of this. Around 100,000 seats, car seats, expire in Aotearoa every year. Whew. Yeah, that's right. That's going on the figures we know of what's imported, and every car seat has a lifespan of between six and ten years before it expires. So how much of the car seat is recyclable? So the average weight of a car seat is around seven kilos, and some are up to 10 or 12 kilos, and around 67 to 70% of that weight uh, can be recycled. 
Wow. It's pretty I've cool, isn't so it? I've got so many in the attic. I've got so many in the attic. We've got a six-year-old six boy now, and we've, you know, as you can imagine, Kitty, we've gone through all the stages. And, and there's been a bit of an effort to try and find where they can go, but once we think that they've expired, we just think that no one's going to want no one's going to want those. So that's obviously not quite the case. No, no, it's not. We've got 45 collection points around the country from Auckland down to as far as Dunedin. We'll see. This is okay. I'm dropping them off now afterwards. <laughs> you see, need to know stuff, Lana Allen. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, Kelly, um, here's a dumb question, but why do car seats expire? Uh, so it's mainly from wear and tear, but also after exposure to the sun and extreme temperatures in, cl- in cars, the plastic oh, becomes yeah. brittle, and oh, there okay. is a safety standard for them. Also, some car seats are damaged in accidents. Yeah, that, that I can certainly cycled. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many uh, car seats then, Kerry, have been recycled to date? We've been operating since 2015, and we've recycled 33,500. Oh, so do you rework Shit. those seats to get them back to an order where the expiry would start again, or how does that work? What are they like when they leave mm. you? They are dismantled, and the plastic is sent off for recycling to local processors. We can recycle the HDPE, that's resin code number two plastic, and the uh, polypropylene, which is resin code number five, and then all the metal goes off to scrap metal yards. And what can't be recycled, which is mainly just the textiles and any of the plastics without a resin code, does end up having to be disposed of. But that's only a minority of the content. I guess what interested me, Kerry, like Lana, I I didn't have any idea that, you know, up to 70% much of the car seat could be recycled, if any of it. Um, For those listening here, because there's a bit of interest in it, um, is is the programme in good shape? Uh, Is there plans to perhaps expand it a bit if the funding's there? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, ideally we would like to see it become a product stewardship program, uh, which would mean that the brands would need to, the majority of brands would need to be engaged so that the the cost of disposal or, or dealing with the product at the end of its life is built into the upfront cost. Well, it's very, very good to know, Lana. So there you have oh. it. Do you, do you, do you, so you actually have one or two yes. in, in the cupboard. Yeah, well, you go through enough of them to try and get the right sort of size. And, and by the time you're a seasoned pro at buying a booster or a car seat, or, you know, your kid is nearly 10. So <laughs> you've got all the seats <laughs> from those stages before. So that's definitely something. So, so seat smart. To find yeah, all the locations. Yeah, okay. and we've got forty five locations and we've got we've partnered with Baby on the Move, Baby ZNZ and Baby Bunting, as well as quite a few council facilities like transfer stations and resource Brilliant. recovery centres. Go That's on you, Kerry. Yeah, great yeah. stuff. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. Really interesting. That's Kerry Spears. They run Seat Smart uh, from the, well, it's the three three R Group Programs Marketing Manager. Uh, so uh, you can give your car seat a second life there. Wonderful to have your company. Um, I guess there's been two topics today that you really uh, did re- respond to. One is phobias. Uh, just the amount of phobias. I just I'm just astonished. Uh, how many they are, uh, balloons, I hate buttons. When denim jeans got a zip fly rather than button flies, I said, thank God. 
went off buttons as a six-year-old uh, oh when I played board games with my older sister's twiddlywinks, I think. A proper twiddlywinks thing was missing, and I was always given a shirt button to use. I've never forgotten it. Oh, oh no. My, wow. fo- my phobia is metal underwater. I vomited during the Titanic movie when I saw water pouring into its hull. And on what? that note... Don't go and see The Exorcist then. <laughs> no, leave that alone. Oh my God. It's been a wonderful Monday with you, both. Lana, great to have you on again. Kia ora, yeah, come thank you come very back. much, Wallace. Yeah. Thank and you. Alan Blackman, thank you. I am go Wallace Chapman. Simon Wilson and Ruth Money on Tuesday panel. That's 3.45 tomorrow. Checkpoint with Lisa Owen is next.